You're listening to the PKJ and Yahweh podcast, where I take the supernatural world around us, connect it to complicated biblical theology, and then try and make it simple for everyone to gain revelation. If you're new to this podcast and would like more information, please go follow me on Instagram at kevin.scott.johnson. And now time for another episode from our apologetic series. So today I wanted to take an opportunity to share with you from my heart as, as a dad, a, li- a little less as a pastor, but more as, as a dad. Not, I'm not asking to be your dad. I'm not replacing your dad. I'm simply saying I would like to encourage you today as a father or attempting to be a good father, attempting to be a good father to encourage their children. Is that okay with you this morning? I hope. Is that going to be all right? We're going to look good. Claire's like, no, you always do that. Well, you're, it's okay. You're my kid. So we're going to look at Ephesians. Actually, uh, sorry, we're going to look at Matthew twelve thirty six, And we're going to start with 33 through 37. If you have a Bible, go and turn to it. If you have notes, write it down. Matthew twelve thirty three through 37. I'm going to go ahead and start reading so we can get through it. It says, make a tree good... And its fruit will be good. Everyone say good. Good. Oh, there we go. Uh, Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be what? Oh, you guys are smart. Man, you are sharp this morning. Okay. It will be bad. Moving forward. A tree is recognized by its fruit. Have you ever picked an orange from an apple tree? Not unless someone like glued it on. All right. I'm going to read now just straight through 34 in the respite. You brood of vipers, how can you who's, who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Ouch. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word or careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Let's bow our head and let's bless the word of God. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I thank you for your gentleness and your truth, God. I thank you for your love this morning as I I, uh, partner with the truth of your word and the teaching of your word to edify, to strengthen, to equip our young people with wisdom and truth, Lord God, for defense, Lord God, as well as direction for healing and reconciliation, O God, that we would be able to move forward in wisdom and righteousness, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing today. I pray that you would just bless this short time and help me to be effective with the time I have. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. 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 Pastor Kevin, be effective with your time, all right? All right, not too many stories now. So we see here, it says again, I'll read it one more time, but in verse 36, but I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty or careless word they have spoken. I am not a fan of this verse when I first read it. Man, that sounds rough. Like every, do you know how many people I've called the R word in my 90s life? I'm not even going to say that word. Like, it's not politically correct now, but like, you know, uh, like, like, if you don't know what it is, don't worry. Like, I, like, it's not okay. Do you know what I'm saying, Lucy? Oh, gosh, my goodness. So, but I mean, like, it's not even a bad word, but it's offensive. It's rude. It's not nice. Okay. Like, I'm like, Lord, help me to be accountable for those things. Help me to realize what they are. And now the word of God does say to him who knows or her who knows 
Who knows to do good and does not do it to him or her? It is a sin. Okay? So there's a thing. Like, you ever seen those cute little babies that, like, the baby videos, and they're trying to say fire truck? Okay? But they just, they don't have the vocabulary to use the T, the T sound, and they can only make the T sound, okay? So, so th there's an innocence that takes place when, when we are unawares of, of what we're doing, okay? There is, genuinely. There, there, there's like, man, I, I didn't realize that uh, that word I used was bad, a bad word. How many of you honestly, like, genuinely, you used a bad word and someone was like, uh, do you know? Like, that's not okay. Right? They're like, they, like, oh gosh, it's the worst. I had, a, I had my friend, my neighbor had a friend who I didn't even like. His name was Brent. I don't know who he is anymore, but like, and, and he was on the Little League team. Another reason why I don't like him, because I didn't like sports. Like, you know, hey, I love you guys, but like, I didn't like sports much as a kid. And, and his team was called the Devils. You know, like, they got, the, you know, that's just the name of like, Little Leagues. They got all kinds of names. I'm such a dummy because I was so insecure and so broken that like I felt like in order to impress this kid I don't even like because he's athletic and cool when he said to my friend he's like oh yeah I, I play I play little league and, and my team's called the devils I just like blab my mouth because I can't handle silence I'm like oh yeah man I love the devil me and him are like why did I feel I needed to do that like like Stupid! Like, why am I that awkward? Okay, like I, I'm, I'm trying to be serious with you guys. Like, that was, I, I did that. Okay, that's not even a joke. That happened. My life is a joke. Okay, so like, I hope you learn from it. Okay, but with that said, God has allowed me to walk through a lot of things to equip you with wisdom to not do the same. Now, with that, I was like, it's because I was insecure. I wanted this kid I didn't like to think I was cool because. He was athletic and cool, and I guess he's what the cool kids would call a cool kid. And so if I impress him, then maybe even though I don't care about him or like him, like that'll give me status, like that'll give me clout somewhere, you know, like not creasing my, my you know, Air Jordan, Air Force Ones, you know, like. So anyways, with that said, it's like, man, I was, I was pretty careless with my words. I've been really careless with my words. And today I wanted to just really edify you young people today that Proverbs 18.21 does tell us that the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. Guess what? You're, you're, that means whether you want it to or not, the word of God says your tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Guess what that means? When you're speaking, you're speaking life or you're speaking death. You are. You're either building up or tearing down. I mean, if you're doing math, one plus two equals three, three plus four equals oh, seven. Uh, like, okay, you're, you're building up your ability, okay, to use your brain, to understand numbers. God's all about numbers. You're actually, so even though it seems like it's nothing, it's something. You're building, you're building up. But if you're just like, man, I, I hate math. Math is so stupid. Like, like I hate, I hate numbers. I hate that I don't get it. Like, guess what? All of a sudden, you're going to find yourself hating everything you don't understand. That's pretty isolating. You meet a new friend. I don't understand their culture or their background, so I don't hate them, but I hate everything I don't understand, so I'm not going to give it permission to actually 
uh, understand them and take a step forward and potentially what could be a great friendship or relationship. We got to learn to control our tongue. We're either speaking life or we're speaking death. John 13, 35 says, By this people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And the love you have for one another. If you have love for one another. And the word of God is so like blatant on this, it's amazing. It's like, how can you love God? How can you say you love God who you can't see, but you hate your brother who you can see? That's a rough one, because I love it. It simply says right here, um, it says, I'm going to tell you the verse for so you have it. Where is it at? Okay, wait for me. Luke? Boo, doo. Come on, where's my people? Like, help me fill the song. Do, 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 do. First John four nineteen through 21. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. Wow. Bible's called us a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Now, all these awesome Bible verses, I got more if you want them, is to encourage and edify you this morning. I, I, we've gone through a rough season, some of us more than others, of isolation, of cutting off from family, of cutting off from friends, of cutting off from school, staring at a Zoom screen that you don't even want to stare at anymore, and you just want to move on with life, and like things, and, and, and you're just, you know, it's, it's become a tough season of isolation that hasn't allowed us to better develop our interpersonal skills. How many of you have heard some of those really uh, uh, fancy, spiced language uh, YouTubers listening to like the three-year-old on the other side of Fortnite, like cussing him out, and, like calling his mom everything from under the sun, right? Like, like you're like, whoa, okay, like who are you for? Does you do you kiss your mother with the mouth? I kiss your mom with this mouth. I'm like, whoa, kid, like, no, like, like you need to roll it back and 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 like, sure, it gets a laugh, but that's the challenge is is because it gets a laugh, all of a sudden it gets approved and accepted, and then all of a sudden it becomes like, well, if I act this way and do this way, it's going to produce people to like that and cause humor, and so therefore I should keep doing that and forget that there's actually somebody on the other side of that screen. There's somebody on the other side of that, of that, of that video game that, that's hearing what you have to say, and they might be able to let it roll off their back, but also they might not be able to, and, and, and that's not a weakness. Because uh, we need to realize that we are to edify one another, build one another up. doesn't mean you can't have jokes, but the Bible tells us not to, to rid ourselves of coarse jesting and dirty, you know, uh, dirty jokes and, and, and foul language. You want that Bible verse, it's right at the top here in my notes. It's just, um, write it down. I'd, write, I'd have you all write it down, write it down. It is, gosh, why am I just, Ephesians 5, 4. That's what I thought. I looked at it. Yeah, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Ephesians 5, 4. You know what? Like, it's, it's, simple, it's simple put as that. It doesn't mean that you got to be boring. It doesn't mean that you can't be funny. I was talking with Pastor Andre last night. Me and him hung out, and, we, uh, and we, I met with him at like 9 in the morning, and I finally left his house at like 
9.45 at night because I had to get to Fred Meyer's before it closed to buy ice cream for Tara on my way home. Like, you know, like, otherwise it's gonna be a problem. Even though she was already asleep, I was like, I gotta get that vegan, you know, coconut bliss ice cream, if I do, it's not gonna work out. And so I finally left, but like, he was encouraging me and I was like, oh, that's really nice. It's like, to be honest, you and Tara are like the funniest couple I know. I'm like, really? Like, that seems weird. Like, I, I, I didn't know I'm that, I mean, I know I'm humorous, like, but like the funniest couple, like you, I, I've seen you laugh hard at like other people. Like, like are you sure of the, and, and, and I, I didn't get all insecure. I just took the compliment. But like, like, I was like, man, that's cool. Like, and I'm not out here being mean. I'm not out here being rude. Pastor Andre's not qualifying me as the funniest person in all of his relationships based off of my crude humor. Okay, like, I don't have really crude humor like that. Like, like he, and he wouldn't use that to judge me. And so I was like, man, it's possible to be actually cool and, hu and humorous without being rude. Anybody know, uh, there's this entrepreneur, he's a very motivational person. He uses uh, loud, coarse language um, to get people the shock factor, but, but his name is Gary Vaynerchuk. However, he, he does have a lot of truth to what he helps teach, minus all the swear words. He doesn't need those swear words. But he says that kindness is currency. Kindness is the new currency. He says when you're in school and you've got that kid that's like picking on the other kid, guess what? 20 years from now, you, people might have laughed at that kid at that time, but they're not, if, if not going to give that kid a job. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember you from high school. You, you, like, you beat up Bill like every Friday. Yeah, I, you know, we really need employees, but I, for some reason I think this position just filled up. He's like, he is working in the industry where these are real-life situations coming back around, and, and people are not getting opportunities based upon who they once were. But you know who they are, people are bending their backs to find and to hire and would do anything for are the ones who, man, you know, Jim was being a bully to Bill, and then all of a sudden, June came out of nowhere, and she's like, yo, quit picking on him. Guess what, that kid, 20 years from now, 15, 20, 30 years from now, be a CEO of a company. Someone's gonna, someone's gonna see that, honor that, love that, accept that, and say, man, I remember what you did, and because you're willing to stand up in opposition of something that was difficult and opposing your thoughts, man, you can do anything in this business. I believe that you have what it takes to be great. It's, it's true. I mean, like, I don't have the, the uh, you know, history or, or job experience to state this as fact, but I trust what this guy, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, does based upon his, his uh, curriculum vitae, I think as they call it, his CV, his, his experience and what he does in business. He also found a study that says 57% of bullying situations are immediately de-escalated and almost never happen again if... One thing happens. A second person comes in to support the one being hurt. It doesn't mean they came in and started throwing fists. It just simply is another person who wasn't being bullied or wasn't the bully came in and said, hey, that's not cool. Stop it. Well, you're not cool. No, really, you're being a jerk and you can stop. <laughs> like, well, if you're being a jerk, well, actually, no. Like, I'm not going to argue with you here. That needs to stop and then guess what? Sometimes people don't realize that they were being rude. How many of y'all been rude and didn't really realize it? Let's be honest. How many of y'all snapped at your mom and it was just because you were hungry and needed Snickers, okay? Like, like, why wait, right? You know, but I want to encourage you young people today. 
and we'll get in small groups here in just a couple minutes. I'm watching my time. I want to encourage you with some truth. We will be held accountable for the empty words we, we shared. And we cannot believe or claim to say that we love God if we hate our brothers and sisters. Now, I looked up the definition of hate in that. It doesn't mean that you want to take this fence post here and slam it across someone's head because you hate them. Hate is simply this, a lack of love. If it's not showing love, it's showing the opposite. Does that mean you have to be best friends and make breakfast every day? No. But you can Uber eat them some breakfast if you want. No, I'm joking. But for real, we need to honor one another, respect one another. Jesus said to, the, to uh, he said, um, what you've done to the least of these, you've done to me. He's telling the whole story, you know, hey, when, when these people are like, hey, when, when did we bring you, not give you water and you wanted water? When did we not give you a place to sleep and you wanted to sleep? When, when did we not care for you when you were hurting? Like, Jesus, we'll let you in our door anytime. He says, no, 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 I'm not talking about me here in the flesh. I'm saying whatever you have done for even the least of these, like literally all of God's children, you've done it to me. Why? You're, you're the image of God on earth. You are in his image. So as you treat others who carry and represent his image is how you express it towards God the Father. It's a, it's a hard, mature lesson. I'm not saying shame on you for being immature. That's, that's life. We grow up. It's okay. We make dumb jokes. But we also need to realize that we've got to steward one another's relationships. And I'll, I'll, I'll shoot straight at this point here so I can wrap it up. I, I want to edify you today. I want the, those who are here, if you've ever felt like people are talking about you, people are gossiping about you, you walked in the room and you felt like a couple of people looked at you and started laughing and then walked the other way, and you feel like it was about you. Right? That, happen, that kind of stuff happens all the time. You know what? Most of the time, it turns out like they didn't even know that person was there that day, right? And I know when people are, you know, tell, like, blow me off. But I'm just saying, like, honestly, like, if you look at me anytime and you think, oh, man, Pastor Kevin or Pastor Tara, like, I looked at him and he, like, gave me a side eye. Like, I would probably try and hold back a fart, you guys. Like, I'm telling you, like, I'm, I'm trying to be, like, honest and transparent. Like, like, I'm not here to, like, side, like, my entire life's, purpose and work in the mission that God's called me to do outside of steward my wife and my children well is to reach young people for Jesus and create a community where they can live in relationship with God and one another in righteousness and unity. That's it. I want to do that. I want to create that. So why would I like say, oh, here comes that kid again. I can't stand him. Like, that, no. Everyone say this. Hurt people. Hurt people. Hurt people. That was, a, that was a sentence. Not just repeating yourself. Hurt people hurt people. Now, guess what? Those who have been hurt by others, that's not okay that you've been hurt. Okay? We'll defend you. We'll protect you. We'll equip you with tools. Your first tool is, if it's safe, talk to that person biblically. It says, go to your brother. Go to your sister. Tell him what's up. I had a brother of mine, not an actual brother, come to me about two years after I had said something. And I didn't even know that what I said 
could even register on the offense scale or hurt scale. Honestly, like it wasn't like even a mean thing. It was like, man, like if you're really, if, if, and everyone that's really committed, like, like I'm expecting you to be there, if at all possible. Well, like this person has family and life and they weren't able to make something like that happen. And so therefore they felt like I was totally saying that they're not committed, though they've, they've invested their lives to be invested, to be giving, to be serving, to be working. And for years went by and I didn't realize that that happened until finally we had a conversation. And it came out, it's like, and his heart was broken about it. And I was like, I never knew that you've been carrying this, this whole time. That, that was never directed at you, it was never directed about you, it was never directed for you. I respect you, I respect the anointing that you carry, I respect the leadership you carry, I respect all that you do, and all that you have done, and all you're going to do. That was for, you know, the 17-year-old volunteer youth leader, like, you know, like, whatever, like that, that, that's like, oh, I can't make it, why? Because I didn't ask my mom until today, I told you four months ago. Like, you know, like, like man, I wanted to, and it, it, it brought healing, because I didn't know I had to, cause harm, okay? So going directly to the person is, is, if possible, the right thing to do first. If going directly to that person doesn't work, or it's not a safe thing, you can't just let it sit there. Oh, it's okay, I'll just let it go. Let it go, let it go, can't hold it back. Okay. Well, what happened when Elsa finally held it all in and finally let it go? She froze the whole stinking village, okay? She caused the second ice age, all right? So, you see, you can't hold on to stuff forever. Yes, you can let it go, but you need to release it in a proper way, in a proper channel. And if by any means you can make reconciliation, do it. If you need help is the second step. And it's not safe for me to go talk to that person because they're literally going to punch my lights out if I try well, talking to someone doesn't make you a narc, okay? Talking to your friends about it does. Ooh, isn't that weird how schools flip that one on you? Oh, if you go talk to a teacher or your parents or leader, you're just a snitch, you're just a narc, you're just like whatever. But like you can back talk to your friends all day about it and they don't really care all that much, they'll just threaten to beat you up again. How, how upside down is that? The people that can actually help you are the ones that are isolated from you by your culture as opposed to the ones that are just going to be like, yo, let's go punch the lights out. Like, since when does that solve something, really? Except for who gets to hold the title belt champion in the ring and get the big old check at the end of the day. Okay? Let's be real. And then thirdly, if, if, they, if it won't be resolved, guess what? The people that are there to help you will make sure, one way or another, you're protected, you're defended, you're safe. You're whole, you're healed. Am I going to follow you around like a dog? No. We're going to do all we can. And I can only speak for what happens here at Relentless Youth, but we've, we've invested years. I've been helping, serving for, I think, I don't know, 11 years maybe now, almost, maybe more, with Relentless here and, and before just the Sunrise Youth Group. And, and I have done all I can over the years and now as youth pastor to ensure that we are building community, we are breaking down divisions, and anytime that there's conflict, or, or backbiting or backtalking or anything like that, that it's addressed. And there's kids in our youth group right now that still come to our youth group that you can talk to. And I'll leave that up to them if they want to share, like at some point. But th I'm pretty sure they're pretty pleased with how we've handled things and how, and how we've gone about to honor both sides 
and bring actual restoration, actual healing. Because we understand that if you're being hurt, you need to be defended and protected because that's not okay and not going to fly in my territory that I've been given authority by God and by the elders of this church to ensure the growth and development and the stewardship of your hearts and your safety and your minds and your relationships. I will, I will chop someone off if I have to, period. That's not my first response, though. My first response is to understand that we hurt people out of our hurt. We, hurt pe- we, def- we protect ourselves out of the trauma we've experienced. And we cre- become like a porcupine, wanting someone to love us, but every time we get close, ow, you know, shoot, you get stabbed again with a porcupine, right? Like, ah, you know, like, so I want to encourage you this morning. Please, as we get into small groups, go and stand on your feet so I can end. As we get into small groups, we're here to defend you, to love you, to protect you, to equip you. If you want to go, if you haven't gone back to those people yet, and you want to follow that order, and you want us to help you, give you simply some tools of what to do, how to talk, we would love to do that with you. If you need help, we'll make it happen. If you're like, man, I've been a jerk and I feel like I should make things right, you're right. The Bible says uh, to go back to your, if you've offended your brother, to go back to him and resolve it before, like, before the sun goes down. Well, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. That's your brother, that's your sister, that's your mom, that's your dad. If it, by any means you can make it right before you go to bed tonight, do it. We'll help you. It requires supernatural grace and humility to work together for one to forgive the one who's offended them, and for the one who has offended to come under and realize, man, I know I've done wrong, but I'm sorry. You can forgive me. I, I, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to alienate you. And so I want to cultivate, uh, in, in light of, of the obstacles we faced over this last year and the obstacles that we're facing now among some, uh, we, it goes in cycles. I, every now and then I hear from parents, hey, my kid doesn't feel like anyone likes them. My kid doesn't want to come back to youth group because they're getting picked on, or people are saying things, or people are looking at them, and they just, they just don't feel comfortable there. This happens all the time, and I'd like to hear less of it, not because it's, it's no one's telling me, but because we're actually making progress. Bow your heads, close your eyes, I'll end with this. There's a story in the book of Philemon that Paul writes a letter to this man called Philemon, who Paul met in prison. This young man gave his life to the Lord and got saved. And he had done wrong to Philemon. He was one of his servants. Stole from him, did some bad stuff, and ran away. So Paul writes a letter to Philemon, who who has an entire house church that meets in his house, like huge church body. And he says, Philemon, hey, good to hear from you, my, my fellow prisoner in Christ. I'd like to send to you my son, Onesimus. I'd like to send him to you. He found me. He's been a good use to me. And I would like you to receive him as if he was my own son. I hear maybe, I hear that he's done wrong to you. But he's found the Lord and I would, I would like it. I would like you to receive him as if he was my own son. And then he addresses his wife in the letter. And then he says, also address, your church, also address the church that meets in your home. You see, it's not about me loving those who have been rude to each other and offended each other. 
It's not about Steve or Tony or, or Laurel or any one of us. It's not even about some of the you know, kids that are always here, you know, the, 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 the Clara, the Haley, you know, the pastor kids, the, the Annika, you know, the, the, the Isaiah that are always here like, oh yeah, they'll be nice to... No, he said, I need everybody to receive this young man as if he were my own son. Anything he's done wrong, count it to my debt. All of us have to take on that perspective to forgive one another and restore one another. Melissa has an amazing verse that she shared with me just the other day from Ephesians. And it simply says this, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Pull it up here. Ephesians 4.2, Melissa gave to me in the, uh, the New Living Translation. I think it's fire for right now. Always being humble, patient, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Head bowed and your eyes closed. Heavenly Father, help us. Somewhere we're all hurting and broken a little bit on the inside and in a process of healing. God, in our journey, help us not to wound others and help us to see where we are wounding and where we are wounded. Help us to address it, to heal it, to not just ignore it, but God, to bring that healing ointment to it, God. Just like a cut if we fell off of a bike. If we put Neosporin on it, better chance it won't scar, but if we ignore it, it's going to fester and turn gross. God, let us give attention to what needs attention. Bring healing to what needs healing, because we desire relationship. We desire love. Father, I pray that you bless us in our small groups of a short time of discussion, just encouraging one another, letting each other know that this is a safe place, that we are here to heal, here to restore, here to support, and here to bring reconciliation. And no obstacle is too big to address or to face. So God, we bless you in your mighty name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like more information about the show, Kevin's work, or you have questions or would like to be a guest on this podcast, please reach out to me directly on my Instagram at kevin.scott.johnson. I look forward to hearing from you. God bless.